0: Hey, everybody, we've already had the question asked once. So it is past five o'clock here on the East Coast. So if you've made it through the first day of our virtual conference, feel free to crack a beer. We appreciate you tuning in. I know on my end, it's been a lot of time on the computer, and I appreciate all the wisdom I've gained today. And I look forward to going back and re-watching a ton of it. But more importantly, I'm excited to be here right now with, one of Panda, with a few of my closest friends in the industry. The five of us started meeting in October of 2020, after we submitted a proposal to speak at the craft brewers conference. The topic of our submission was maintaining customer engagement through the pandemic. And at this point in time, I was the only one who knew everyone in the group and my relationship with each was primarily through email, Facebook, or a phone call or two. I wouldn't call us friends back then. We were barely professional acquaintances. However, one of my favorite things to do is throw strangers in a room and see what happens. I respected each of these others before you today, but truly underestimated what these Zoom meetings would become. We started meeting every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And honestly, it feels a little weird to hold this panel on a Monday. Does it feel weird to you guys? But anyways, these meetings felt kind of like a college project. You have a task at hand, you have a deadline and you can get easily distracted. Needless to say, we started discussing things like an outline, PowerPoint presentations and semi planned who would say what. I would say that the focus of these sessions was about 75% work, maybe 25% personal. And then things started to change. It became pretty apparent that if our topic was still going to be relevant in the spring, then the odds of us sharing it together in person would be pretty unlikely due to, well, the pandemic. And if we were going to end up presenting it at a conference in the fall, then the same topic would then be slightly less relevant as we would be back in person under better ideal conditions and a little less pandemic-y. Now, once the Brewers Association moved the Craft Brewers Conference to September, we continued to have these weekly meetups and the focus became much less on the presentation and more so a weekly check-in with one another. All of you have filled a void in my life I didn't even know existed. Now, at this point, I'm done talking, I'd love for each of you to tell the rest of the world what you do. And because it's the first time we've all seen each other this week, how was everybody's weekend?
1: Fantastic. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Good, good weekend for the brewery.
0: Oh, good. So many words, but Jamar, because you are to the right of me, why don't you tell everybody who doesn't know you as well as the rest of us, just a little bit about what you do in the industry. Oh,
1: goodness. Yeah, absolutely. So Jamar Valentine uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina at Noda Brewing Company Uh, another brewing company has been around going on 10 years this year uh and i've been in the charlotte area for uh, 12 years now Uh, i've been in hospitality for almost 16 years Uh, i've been loving it while i enjoyed craft beer uh, i never had the chance to work specifically with the craft beer community until just a couple of years ago when I came on with Notar Brewing Company. And it has been fantastic watching the brewery grow a little more. Uh, certainly brewery operations are not what they are, or not today, not what they were uh, a few years ago. So it's nice to see it.
0: Jamar, it's always fun hanging out with you. I really look forward to actually having to be here in person because out of everybody in this room tonight, you're the closest to me. So I okay. hope will happen before too long allison you're up hello
2: i'm allison um i am the director of marketing for the lady justice brewing company um we have had our tap room for one year as of yesterday yay we made it through a pandemic and um have been in existence and operating since 2015. um i am in the role of director of marketing both uh, as my full-time job. So I also work in marketing at Sticker Giant, which makes custom stickers and labels. Check them out for all your beer label needs, just saying. And uh, um, then my evenings and weekends are all dedicated to Lady Justice, where my wife, Betsy, is one of the co-founders. So um, we've really, it's, I mean, well, you'll hear it with this group, but this group has been life-changing in the world of marketing for a group of people whose job title isn't marketing you would think that everyone in this space was a marketing director with the knowledge so very grateful to be here
0: well good to see you allison and katie you're up i know we got connected through nancy at arrived and i think when we first connected you and i just hopped on a random call to talk about courtroom stuff nothing in specific you know i didn't actually know you besides that connection but you know, i've really enjoyed the opportunity to learn more about you and great to have you here today of course
3: well thanks for having me and allison and i are the only ones that share the same state in this group so we are both in the glorious state of colorado i hi. forgot to mention that <laughs> i got <an> aurora <laughs> hi <laughs> I am currently the general manager of Ska Street Distillery, which takes the shared history of Ska Brewing from Durango and Peach Street Distillers in Palisade, Colorado, to one place um, where we have both a brewery, distillery, and a scratch kitchen up in Boulder, Colorado. So we too have made it one year through the pandemic. We celebrated a year in March, but our companies um, have been around for. 26 years now, and Peach Street going on, I think, 16 or 17, so we have a great shared history here in Colorado, um, and Mo and I got to meet just last week down at one of his spots in New Mexico, which was a dream and awesome, so before before that, um, I bought and sold beer in the world, so I've circulated the craft industry now for probably more than I'd like to share.
0: Many more. And Katie and Mo, I don't know if I'm jealous or upset set that you had the opportunity to meet before all of us get to meet in September, but I think I'm a little more jealous and upset. We will
4: all meet, I'm sure. Uh, my name is Mo Wark. I work for Somos Destinations. Um, we do a lot of things. I'm, I'm director of operations for Somos Destinations. We have a diverse portfolio that includes three breweries. Uh, one of them is currently not mothballed, but reduced capacity because of, of COVID, but we have two here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. It's Ascendant Brewing and Zoigal House Brewing. And we have one in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Ponderosa Brewing. We also have uh, boutique motels and some restaurants and tap rooms. And I did meet Katie at our motel Elvado, in Albuquerque uh, two weeks ago now for yeah. a soft opening for a um, distilling tasting room.
0: I'm jealous and I look forward to meeting you guys in just a little bit of time. Now, this conversation, we have so many different parts we could talk about today because the value in my life and I think in yours has been on so many unique levels. But let's start professionally. And I want to talk a little bit about the value in just networking with peers, not specifically peers in your area, but peers nationwide. Last week when we were having our weekly, we'll call them hangouts at this point. We talked that there's more value in connecting with peers in similar positions nationwide than your own peers in your own local craft beer community. Why is that the case? Why do you all feel more value in connecting with all of us across different locations versus someone you know in the same city or state?
3: I think for me personally, you get in your work life and professional life, you're kind of insular, right? And you ask people questions where you almost know the answer and you're asking that person because you wanna be validated. And so having a group of people that are completely objective and have 100% different maybe perspective or frame set or rules to work within, I think that for me has been incredibly valuable to compare as we've navigated COVID, whether it's restrictions, guidelines, how you grow, how you expand, having somebody who's not going to give me the answer that I'm trying to solicit because I'm passionate about that answer and having a different, totally objective way of thinking brought into the mix has helped me get outside my box of thinking.
4: Yeah, I I totally agree with everything Katie is saying as usual, but I I also think, like, (laughs) um, I sort of enjoy the, I, I don't know if anonymity is the right word, but the like detachment from, from people here physically so that I feel like I can share everything with this group without, um, and again, not the right word, but judgment or without like uh, repercussions or without people in your closer circle hearing about it. So you can tell things and talk about things that are, are potentially um, could be problematic for people that are in the same circle nearby.
1: Absolutely, not stepping on any toes, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, if
1: you're connecting, uh, if you're connecting with someone in a very different part of the country, uh, it's much less likely to cause any problems if you are using ideas that have been given to you, uh, as opposed to if I run the same marketing campaign as uh, the brewery right down the street. Then uh, obviously there's a conflict of interest, and it's not going to go very well.
0: That's an interesting point, Jamar, because craft beer is so much about collaboration and we don't always say that breweries are, you know, your competition. But if you do have a brewery down the street, you're probably not going to share your best ideas with them.
2: <laughs> I this has been I will say, like, that's been this piece that, um, you know, Lady Justice is like new enough to the brewing scene, but we've been really focused on being collaborative in general as a brewery um, and really seeing beer as community. And we found a really great community in the greater Denver area, but at the end of the day, it still is competition, right? Whether And whether or not you want to use that terminology competition or not, but I have been able to come to this group of people. And for me, like I'm a novice at this. I'm am a I'm an expert in marketing, but I'm a novice in beer marketing. Um, you know, I've been doing it for, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not a novice. I've been doing it for, like, five, six years, but um, pretty self-taught. That I will say when it comes to this. And so, for me, if I'm, like, I talk about this in this group, I'm focused on authentic community engagement, and I might be doing a pretty crappy job describing our beers, right? So, like, having that conversation of, I like to show people's faces and people drinking beer, but also people wanna know what's on tap. And like having that discussion in this group has been really useful and I don't see, it's not competitive in nature whatsoever. I'm talking to people with like, specifically Katie and Jamar coming from breweries with like, in the communities in which they are, are everything. Ska is everything. Noda is everything, right? So like, it's this like, I come to you with these ideas and I'm like, what do you guys think about this? Um, and I and speaking of when Mo said like no judgment, we have judgment in a way that I feel like it feels like family where we aren't afraid to call each other out on our bullshit, um, but it's refreshing and it's never out of malice. It's just like, oh, that was a choice. Tell me more about it. Um, it feels really good to be able to come to this group and bring up an idea. Um, I reference things that have been said here to my team all the time because of it. I'm just like, well, you know what is doing? And it doesn't feel like I'm like being sneaky and sharing secrets under the table. It's like, no, that's just like a super smart plan from a brewery much larger than ours with bigger distribution. And if we want to get to that level, here are the things that they did. And it it doesn't feel like it's industry secrets. It feels like, hey, this is something I wish we would have known that doesn't And for as collaborative as the Denver community is, and I'm sure everybody who's listening to this, you know that your space is collaborative. For as collaborative as it can be, sometimes it's not, it's just things that aren't shared. And it just feels really good to be able to ask questions and not have anybody in this group be like, how do you not know this already? That's never been said, ever. That's the part that's no judgment.
3: Well, and I think too, this year has put a lot of weight on people, right? Like you've had a lot of additional stressors, whether it be at home or at work, and those additional stressors can make you either quick to judge or a lot more reactive instead of trying to be proactive. And so I think having time set aside every week to really think about choices you're making in your professional life and bounce those ideas off one another helps you make better decisions for your team in a really, really tough year for everybody personally and professionally in our industry. And I don't, and I think it's okay to say that too. And I wish, and I hope that more people reach out because, you know, I think for so long for us, um, we were in survival mode and we weren't really acknowledging what was so difficult about that survival mode. And now we're getting to a point where we can Comfortably say, like, this has been really hard for us, and here are the reasons why. And to have people to professionally and personally discuss that with is invaluable to make sure you're making the best decisions you can for your team because that's a lot of weight to carry. At least it has been for me, having a team that their bills are getting paid by me keeping a business open. That's a lot to unpack.
0: And I know just last week, Katie, one thing you brought to the table was you were debating the return of events at the brewery taproom. And you were talking about, you know, what should we put capacity at? Are people going to feel safe? Are my staff going to feel safe? And, you know, it was fun to walk through that process together. And have you decided the approach you're going to take when you reopen and start having events yet?
3: Yeah, we have, um, Mo had a really good point about putting some, some things in writing and almost like a contract to your guests. And so I structured a new way of planning events with people that walks them through what the guest is trying to achieve with their event and then what we're providing. And then a whole section outlet, you know outlining like, here are the protocols for health and safety that we're following at this time in accordance to whatever city and state guidelines and here's where you can find those too because i think for a lot of people planning events you're coming from texas california utah and arizona where we all have very different rules and jamar you just had your wedding out of state and so that took kind of a retooling of how you were going to do your own wedding so i think it's important too to communicate to whomever you're working with as that you know liaison on the business side to the customer facing side of like Here's where we're at, where are you at, and how are we meeting in the middle and keeping everyone's expectations on, you know, on point. Cause that's when you get, have the worst customer experience from the guest perspective is when an expectation is let down, I think.
0: It's so interesting, Katie, you just used the term customer experience because early on in our conversations, we were using the term experience like almost every time we had a meeting. And I think we are now, but we're using it less. Like I remember early on when you and Allison were just sharing some basic things you were doing with regard to COVID in your tap rooms. Like Allison, for example, you talked about how in every single post on social media, you put your hours of operation in everything unique that was required of your guests. And I thought that was absolutely amazing because when you say it, it sounds like such common sense. But if you look at breweries, you know, social media feeds, not many breweries were doing that and i bet a lot of breweries were having people show up get confused not know where to order not know if they had to wear a mask when they're here or there and you provided the information on facebook and social media and that was a great tool that i passed along to so many other breweries and katie you had perhaps one of my favorite examples of connecting with guests during the pandemic. One of the first things you told all of us is when you walk into the tapper you have that massive wall and it has a picture of all your guests, your staff's faces without their masks. So when people come into your tap room they see smiling faces and a smile goes such a long way and that was one of the first things that you ever shared with all of us that i just fell in love with it was absolutely amazing such a good idea and seems like almost common sense but it's just through conversations like this we're able to i don't want to say steal ideas from one another but the brainstorming the things i learned were fantastic jamar you know i'd like to bring you to the table for a moment because you've shared a lot of really unique COVID experiences with your guests. Do you mind sharing the example you gave, you kind of threw out to us one day, when you talked about having to tell guests who are in a group a little too large, you know, to kind of break it up? Then you realized that one of the members might have been perhaps affiliated with local law enforcement and how you handled that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so with uh, current regulations and guidelines, you know, uh, the, guests, uh, at on-premises like this uh, are supposed to wear masks, uh, when they leave their tables. And, uh, ironically, this particular group, uh, did include some individuals (laughs) that, uh, I'd had the pleasure of working with, uh, uh, when we had to call them out to assist with another situation previously. Uh, you know, uh, these wonderful individuals, um, that whose department I won't say they worked with, um, you know, mentioned that uh, you know they weren't really going to do anything about it if anyone else had called. Uh, so you know, maybe it didn't matter <laughs> so much, uh, and it was challenging. Because at the same time, you know, they understood and just said, you know, if, when you leave the tables, you have to have the masks on uh they were they were uh willing to be supportive but uh you know it's just surprising that you know even a group like that uh that's in charge with uh, upholding standards uh i guess i could say charged with enforcing standards uh when they need to uh, happen to be there to have fun and i think it spoke to the fact that You know, at this point in COVID, uh, particularly, you know, as we approach spring or enter spring 2021, uh, no matter what, people are tired of being told that they shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. Uh, You know, no one wants to feel like they can't do anything that they would already do at their own best judgment. So we've certainly had to Find the best ways to make sure that, you know, as you said, for guest experience, uh, we we are communicating with our guest what our expectation is early and guests are understanding what our expectation is so that we can be on the same page and have clear communication.
0: And I wanted you to share that because that really represents, you know, how challenging a situation you can face. Cause that's a situation I imagine the others might not have faced at that point in time, but could learn from if they did have similar experiences in their tap rooms. Now, Mo, oh, you go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Well, I was going to bring you to the conversation as well. Cause you had a really interesting situation you brought to the group. I bet a couple months ago. Do you mind talking about the employee you had interesting thoughts on?
4: Yeah, it, it was, um, we, I had an employee issue that had to be dealt with. It was a, it was bad. It was a very bad issue. And it was something that I was really struggling with, um, what the solution was, how I was going to deal with it. And it was a, someone that was really personally near and dear to me, actually. Uh, I mean, we met through work, but, but I really cared about her, not only as an employee, but as a person. And it was a really tough decision that had to be made. And bringing that to this group was super helpful because I was able to share details here that I wouldn't be able to in other settings um, and get feedback from a variety of, of um, perspectives that that this group offers was really valuable. And also just, I mean, to be honest, it was a shoulder to cry on too, because I had to do this this tough thing. And like, you know, here it is with these, this awesome diverse group of people that are willing and able to give me, really valuable feedback on, on what I was going to do. So. We all held that.
2: Oh yeah. I was just gonna say, we all held that like it was our story and like, that's the piece that it's been really hard to describe to people when I'm like, Oh, it's time for my Tuesday night chat with like other people in different parts of the beer industry. (laughs) Like, it's like so dorky, but because of the relationships formed Mo shared that story and I'm not exaggerating when I say all of us, were like holding our hearts and feeling that because whether or not you've been there or you're like horrified for a friend that's experiencing something so difficult that like we're keeping up with each other on email now, like Mo, are you okay? What do you need? How can we help? What do we do to support? And like, again, as I stated before, the like judgment piece, like decisions being made were met with response of, oh, that's an interesting way to go with that. I wouldn't have done it. Tell me more about why you did that. And then we got to have an even like a continuing real conversation that it wasn't judgmental but it was like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. And I think you should have done it this way. Tell me why you didn't. Um, And it wasn't a bad thing at all, at all. It's like, that's the piece that like, when we share parts of our stories with each other in this industry, but in like such a, it's not like any of us are gonna show up and be like, we're here to do your HR work Mo. Like, that's not the point of this, but it's, hey, I'm going through this really tough thing and I don't know what the right answer is and I don't think there is one. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, And we all held that so that you're not holding it alone, right? Like that piece feels so important. So important.
3: Well, and I think, Allison, you know, and I think Allison, sometimes there is, not a, right there is not a right
2: answer
3: in what we do. There's, not a, right, we do. there's, there's not a right answer in management of people. It's a really, really tough thing to do. And to find the right thing for your employees, for your business, for your guests is hard to do and it's mentally taxing. And so I think it's really great to have that shared space where you can work through and talk out what truly could be the best possible outcome kind of situation. And that's been really vital for me to figure out how you navigate through the growth of a business and things out of your control and how you take back that control.
4: Katie yeah, and Allison. I, that I, really, I, were really, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I just want to say it was again, I, I, I can't reiterate how it was. It was invaluable to me having that conversation and then the follow up on it because it really was. It was one of those things that as managers we have to do sometimes that we do not want to do. And being able to share it. It's like I shared it with you guys and and with my wife. That's it. You know, <laughs> like it was that level of like, oh, and and having this group there to to talk that through and then and then the next time we met it's like how did it go and then have that follow up was like it was very very helpful
0: I think something everybody has mentioned, this has become a safe place. It sounds super corny to say, but you know, we'll cry on each other's shoulders and we respect everyone so much as people. We might not agree with the decision, we might love your decision, but no matter what, we love you as a person. And I think that's where we kind of blurred the line between you know just professional conversation to, oh my gosh, I'm so attached to the situation. Before we started having these weekly meetups, who are the four of you talking to? You know, are we were you going back and forth with anyone else in the crappier world or just your friend space when you had tough decisions or just that shoulder to cry on?
1: Yeah, I always uh thought it was beneficial, you know, prior to this to seek the counsel of others that have similar positions, even if they're in different industries. Um, you know, because whether you're working with a hotel or you're working with a distillery or brewery or bar or restaurant or even a retail outlet you're dealing with humans on the outside and humans on the inside and having someone that is in a similar position to have to make decisions for what other humans are doing and how you communicate with other humans via social media or email or whatever your phone answering service is, or whatever you're doing in person, uh, getting that different perspective to bounce ideas uh, is amazing. I mean, when I would go to others uh, prior to this group, you know, whether they were in the industry or not, uh, you know, it's important to have that shoulder to to cry on, so to speak, after a tough day, and when you have someone that is not necessarily in your same zone, same region, like we've found, uh, it's easy to get, uh, it's easy to get that support of Yeah, you're right. Exactly what you're feeling is exactly what you should be feeling. But when you have people that are in the beer industry like this, who have a much better understanding of your industry itself, you're not just going to get the, you're absolutely right. Like Allison said earlier, you know, you will get some more honest feedback. Sure, you can cry on the shoulders of everyone on this panel, but you're also going to get a, you know, now get back out there and let us know how it goes. Um, so yeah, uh, prior to, to this panel, uh, for weekly conversations, I mean, Gosh, you know, I didn't have those uh, connections with many people outside of my Charlotte region in beer. You know, I had people in a few different cities that I could call up and get an outside perspective. Otherwise, it was just being in the same information vacuum. And I can't really cry to someone else that used to employ my employees or someone else that is going to hire my employees. I can't really cry to someone else that has the same day-to-day interactions with guests that we do because they're either throwing their hands up out of frustration just the same or handling it completely different. And uh, none of that's what we want. So I think having this group, once again, life-changing through this year
2: To piggyback off of that quickly, I think the piece about we might have folks that we talk to and like Katie, I'm preaching to the choir on this and it's uh, piggybacking off of Julie's conversation and the last the last talk. Um, We have a really tight knit group of women in the beer industry here. but that becomes an echo chamber and that's not useful either. And so we can always just be like, oh, the patriarchy, I'm right. I mean, that's like a very big generalization, but like talking to the same folks intermittently is not the same as talking to a diverse group of people from all over and all of us carry different positions and different titles in the same industry, but all over. And we do it every week at the same time. And holding that accountability is really important. And it's caused us to form relationships to the point that like, I'll be saying something and I'll get a text from my wife in the other room. And she's like, what are you talking about that for? Because I am a very textbook over sharer, but um, I've never seen it come to a fault in this group. Um, I shared at a, like I said it last week, I'm gonna say it again. So get ready, everyone in this room. This has become my version of church. This is my space of community where um, we're all, co- it's like this, that like cheesy concept. We're all coming from different walks of life but coming to the same space, but we are. And it's, I don't have to be anybody but myself here. Um, I'm preparing for a second surgery. I had one right before this group started meeting. I have a second one coming up for endometriosis. And I've been really open with this group in a way of like, hey, I'm about to come to a space where I can't lift cases of beer. This is my nightmare. Um, And it's the refreshing part has been everyone in the group being like, cool, don't lift cases of beer and not like (laughs) coddling me, right? So it's like there, it hasn't been, it's been nothing short of life changing to have a group of people. And we wouldn't have done this without Andrew, he didn't mention this, but like the concept of what we were supposed to be talking about, like the reason we're meeting as a group, is separate from uh, the CBP presentation, but we were gonna talk about changes, like how did we change our taproom space and our event space during COVID to flex, to make it work for the pandemic. And we started those conversations and it's still a thread because of course that's what we're all doing. But it has turned into so much more. Like, I have not questioned coming here with personnel questions. I have not questioned coming here with, hey, is this a crappy thing that just happened to us? Do you think it happened because we're women? Do you think it happened because we're queer? Do you think it, like, this, I don't question bringing that here and it not being a safe space to talk about it, to get a real healthy response from people with all different experience levels. And it's because we make that commitment. And yes, we'll all miss here and there, but like, we commit. And we're here every week. I think we've canceled once, maybe twice. Um, like we were meeting around the holidays. We, we just like this group of people is so important. And I think figuring out how you want to find this type of group would be its own. That's a different Andrew conversation. In my heart, you're all going to be sending him messages on Facebook or like an email like, Andrew, can you set up a beer group for me just to make his life harder while we all laugh because we're so excellent that everyone wants a beer group like this. But this has changed decisions I've made for the brewery far and away. Jamar has said, he said one sentence to me that I bring up like weekly with myself or everybody else of like, make classic beer that people can go to the liquor store and expect to get every time. That's like, boom, I know it. And I'm just like constantly thinking about it like, let's get more lager brewing. Let's like, it's not a question, right? I'm learning from this group because we're committed to one another and committed to each other's success because of it. Like all of us are just like Mo, when do we get to come to Albuquerque? When do we get to come to Portland? In,
4: anytime. I know, anytime. And Katie
2: did it. Like, it's, but it's a constant like we're all so stoked to see each other in September. It's this group is life changing. And I would recommend doing this for yourself in your industry. Without, I think- without a doubt.
4: I think we've spent maybe 5% of our time on the original intent of this, which maybe come um, August, we're going to be like, oh, crud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, I'm thinking we could interview people for a sixth if y'all want to.
0: Well, we do have one more square on the Brady Bunch board. We could fit on this little streamyard screen, so it is an idea. And Allison, I want to go back onto something you said. We do it every Tuesday night, six p.m. Eastern. I think having that forced time—I hate to call it forced because it's absolutely not forced. I mean, I look like a forward set time.
2: It. It's a set time.
0: Time it does give us that accountability just to show up and pretty much all the time all of us do unless we have something crazy going on. I know Jamar, I was really excited one of those nights you had to dip out early because I think you had the Charlotte Symphony playing at the brewery, so you made me jealous in that situation, and that was super exciting. And Allison, you mentioned you know about sharing successes. You know you've opened up opened up to us so much over the past. I guess it's over six months now. But when you told me today that you had your best weekend with your can release, I was so excited for you. You wanna tell us a little bit more about what went on this past weekend? Cause that was super big news.
2: Yeah, I do. Um, we had a really big weekend for Lady Justice. Um, we collaborated on a beer release for Friday and Saturday with Gold Spot, which is another uh, all queer, all woman owned brewery, just like Lady Justice. That's not very common in the industry. Um, and we're both, you know, just a few miles away from each other, which is really fun. So uh, we, Calissa and Betsy, my wife, um, and Calissa's the owner and brewer at Goldspot, purchased a canning line from our friends at D-Bolt. And that was like this like huge deal. I came to this group like, you guys were not a canning Uh, We had been doing mobile canning and it was a huge step for us to go in on that. And to celebrate that, we brewed a beer together and we named it the Big Gay IPA, So we did a shared release, so we planned it out together. So Gold Spot released on Friday and we released on Saturday. And for the first time, you guys, I haven't even told you this and I'm so excited to see your reactions. For the first time in Lady Justice Brewing's history, we had a line outside the door before we opened. Ah, it was so exciting. And like, we had just gotten new merchants. We were like scrambling, putting everything away. Um, But it was so fun. And so we did that and um we had a really limited amount of cans to release but folks were still just happy to be a part of it came in um and that was another piece of helping people feel seen um the lgbtqia space in our tap room was bumping on saturday it was so much fun and then it turned into sunday which was our one year tap room anniversary so one year ago we were not able to open whatsoever and we had to pivot we had brewed a bunch of beer planning to open for consumption of beer in a tap room, so we croulled it up in 32 ounce crawlers and sold it off as a membership model with beers and money donated to the Aurora Mental Health Center and frontline workers. And a year later, we were able to celebrate with people in our space. We had um, we're next to a really wonderful pawn shop um, that's becoming an art gallery space, which is really cool. So we had one of their former employees come and DJ for us for the day. And he was like spinning some nineties hits and we just had like a full on party, so much fun. And we had one of the busiest weekends that we've had in a really long time. And that was like, it's, you know, we're wearing masks for social distancing. Um, Colorado is able to be open up at 100% with six feet apart, which for our tap room that's a capacity of 45 is currently just going to be keeping it at that 50% because that's what we can have with six feet apart. However, um, just a really fun time and it felt like the most pre 2020 experience that we could have had. Um, I mean, yeah, we're still wearing masks. We're, sanitizing the heck out of everything and you know having line requirements and all those things but dang it was fun and it was just like such a moment of we're like doing something right it was really thrilling i
4: I love the name by the way the big gay ipa
0: that's it's really good Mo, what's something you've taken away from this group? Because you run a very unique business. I mean, you operate so many different brands under that one big umbrella. And I'm always fascinated to interact with you because you interact with hotels, you interact with breweries, you have a pizza shop. So you run so many unique entities. What's something you've learned from the group here that you've taken into your world?
4: Well, it was already mentioned, but I'll mention it again, because it's something that we use everywhere now. And I love it. When Allison told us about the hours it changes so often, you know, and people don't know what to expect. And it's like, yeah, it's like one of those things, once you hear it, you're like, Duh, like, I should have been doing that all long. And it's great. And it, I mean, it really does make a difference, because it cuts down on people wondering or contacting us. And um, it reminds people, yeah, we are here, we are doing this. Um, so that was something very tangible that I took from this. Um, God, there was another one I was thinking of earlier, and I totally joined a blank on it now. But other than that, just like the, the camaraderie and the networking and the and the bouncing ideas off each other and, and listening. Oh, I remember what it was—the jobs advertising. We were talking about that, and like I've been so scared to advertise on social media um, because it. I just have like this like connect. You're crossing two things that you don't always want to cross. And then I know Jamar, and I think Katie said that y'all do it all the time, and that like it's really successful. <laughs> So now we're doing it. We just started it, so I don't have any like data to report. But, but it made me feel comfortable. Like immediately, I went to our, the, a couple of GMs and was like, because we had talked about it and decided against it, and like, no, we're going to do it and see how it goes. So that was nice hearing that. And then I started looking around too, and I started seeing more and more people are doing it that I wouldn't have expected to do it before. And given that, I mean, it's so difficult to hire people right now. It's hopefully going to help.
0: Yeah, I think that conversation, which we had last week is so relevant because it can be something not just all of us are going to be facing, but everyone in the craft beer world is going to be facing as places reopen more. You need more staff. There are going to be challenges. And having this circle to talk about what's working, what's not working, what do you think about that has been so intriguing and valuable. And, Mo, you brought up a great point. You know, what does – you know, I think it's first started where you have mentioned that a business you saw had a sign saying, hey, you know, please excuse us if service takes a little bit longer than expected. We're short staff right now. And we started debating, should you do that? Should you not do it? And honestly, I don't remember what any of the four of you said because it didn't really matter. The fact that it was we were having this conversation and just debating the pros and cons of it.
3: Well, I think I was going to mention, like, I thought that was such a key silent signal, right? That you're just sending the message that we are all in this industry doing the absolute best that we can in tap rooms or in restaurants or in hotels. And there are new challenges that have faced us every other day. You know, it it is a full-time job keeping up with what is, what is your current city, state, county guideline mandate and then you're delineating that to your staff making sure that they understand it they can get on board with it and they're comfortable to come to work and then you're delineating it to your guests and having allison remind us all not only is it your hours on your social media but simple things there was a point in time in colorado where it was basically reservations required to come in. And that was a really interesting concept for um, Ska and Durango and Peach Street and Palisade that I in turn communicated to them because they're in tourist-centric towns, right? they are mountain towns in Colorado where it's a small community that lives there but it is a large community that comes into both Durango and Palisade who really struggle to understand all the different guidelines from all the different states. And so it's all about, I think if I've learned anything, it's whether it's in your email newsletter, signs posted at your front door, which I normally have been against, but I do actually see people walking in our doors every day looking at the signs that I put at the front door. And so it is key to do all of those messaging things because your hope is that one out of five, one out of 10 of your guests finds that solution. And actually, it's funny, traveling through all of New Mexico two weeks ago, I was getting so frustrated when certain tap rooms or restaurants or places we wanted to go weren't putting their information on their website or in their social media. And my boyfriend kept making fun of me that it was like confounding me that people were not doing it. And I was like, I know several business owners that do that we take our time to do it. And I it doesn't take us that long. Like it was such a, a sticking point for me the entire trip. And it just, you know, it, it goes to show something we all were reminded of and we were learned and that we also signal to our guests in the best way possible that we can.
4: Just a sidebar, I've always wanted to have a sign that says you're not gonna read this sign and hang it in my bar.
0: <laughs> I expect it when I come to visit, Mo. Yeah. But I think that's my favorite part about these conversations. We talk about so many different things, the flow of our conversations, I mean, I don't want to say all over the place because it's all somewhat related, but we will talk about so many different unique topics, whether we're talking about social media to staffing. One of my favorite examples, and Jamar and Mo don't get upset about this, but there was a few weeks ago when you both were too busy for us. Don't get your feelings hurt. I was hanging out with Allison and Katie, and it was one of those nights where, you know, sometimes the conversation is highly business and sometimes it's highly personal. And what we found ourselves doing was there was this quiz that went around the internet a few years ago where it simply asked you how you pronounce certain words and it's like a 25 question quiz like if you're living how do you say the name of the phrase of what's in between the two stretches of highway in between two roads like what do you call that and it's a bunch of random questions of how you say certain words and we literally went through this quiz and we were just laughing like high school kids and it was so much fun my wife came up like what are you doing i thought you were talking about beer i'm like no we have to do this later but i think that's the true value of something like this just the random moments
2: crayfish versus crawfish it's like versus crawdad it's an important conversation
4: who says crayfish what is this crayfish
2: wisconsin where are crayfish people
0: it's
4: like a different thing i don't even know what that is
0: but I think the You could have thrown it out if you were there, Mo. You have to understand people as a person before you can truly respect someone fully professionally. So while you can talk about professional networking and just you know interacting with your peers in a certain industry, the true value for me, at least, has become building these friendships with the four of you because you know we're comfortable talking about all these fancy craft beer serious topics but then we're comfortable just playing little games like that i I would love for the four of you to each share one moment you know it could be about something silly like i just shared you know or something more serious where you actually took something away for your brewery I i would love to hear that one little random memory in your mind about the value of this little circle And while you're thinking i have to say this is the weirdest conversation that we've had because normally it's all five of us talking at once it's weird to actually be in a moderated format with you guys it's kind of weird these awkward silences are killing me and jamar you gave me a look early on like are you going to talk are you going to talk are you going to talk and just that's just how we know each other now so i don't know who's going to talk next but yeah we normally just talk all over each other so
1: you know and don't care about the uh signs and indicators. That clearly Allison wants to speak.
2: I was pointing at Mo because he unmuted.
4: Well Well this is not. This isn't fair to everybody else, but I think one of the coolest things is that Katie and I got to meet in person, and that she got to come to one of our properties, which was really exciting. Everyone else is invited. I would love to see you all there, but Katie did it first, and she brought a crew of people, and it was a lot of fun. She got to meet a ton of people I work with. She met my boss, who talked about her the next day, like, like, oh, that, yeah, because his son lives in Durango, and and um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast, and it it was it was something that would have never happened if it wasn't for this meetup.
3: I I would have to agree in that I, it's from my perspective, it was awesome to go and see the results of your hard work, like to see Elvado and the little touches that you guys did, not only in like the physical remodel, but also with like your crawlers in all of the guest rooms. It is, it, it signals to me how much hard work really does pay off. And that is evidence of you and your team. And you could tell at your event that they all really enjoy working for you. And so I think to me that speaks volumes. And it was really cool to be there.
1: That's heartwarming. I, uh, <laughs> uh, You know, early on, Allison, uh, Allison, mentioned the social media work of Notre Brewing Company. And to me, not only was that, you know, a great compliment that made me proud of the company I work for and how wonderful a job my marketing team does. Um, but it also, you know, really reminded me how much everything that happens here, can have a ripple effect that can be noticed or observed by anyone around the country, and certainly continually uh, with international travelers as well. You never know who's looking at the image that you're putting out there for others to see. Uh, and I don't know that that's the message that Allison intended to give me, uh, but it's one that stuck with me. So thank you. That
2: makes me want to cry. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. As I had said before, I've been doing social media for professionally for 10 years and I do it right now for sticker giant. And that's been this piece that I've always carried with me is like, show your people, show your work, be proud of what you're doing um, and show your differentiators. And I've always seen it in Noda. It hasn't been a question for me. Like I freaked out when I was like, I'm going to be on a call with someone from Noda. Like I couldn't handle it. And I'm like, Jamar, and just like, text you. It's like a thing we can do now. It's very wild. Um, I had mentioned it a little bit before, but we, so Lady Justice, we're new in our taproom space and we're new in canning. And, um, we've been talking about like, what do we, what, how do we make a differentiator between what's in our taproom and what we're canning? And, you know, do we Like I was buying UPC codes at one point and struggling with that and coming to their group with this. Like, how do you differentiate those? Do you do them by price? Do you do them by style? Um, So I had a really great conversation here that translated really well into the CBP group. Um, If you search for those, you will find me talking about barcodes like crazy. So I was like, I got a ton of info here and I brought it there. Um, But the the biggest thing that stuck with me is while we've been talking about like, we make these really fun one-off beers that we serve in the tap room. And people are like, oh, you should can this. Um, and it turns out they're really expensive, really difficult to make. Like maybe it was like a one and done thing that you wanted to be one and done. Um, and Jamar saying you can make things like you can make some flash in the pan things that you're like, I'm canning this one time and then I'm done with it and put in all the work of what that means. So like getting a custom barcode that's made for it making all the custom labels for it, and then having to deal with people constantly messaging you saying, when are you bringing that back? Or you can make a core line that someone can go to their favorite liquor store where they know that the beer is being sold and they know that they can expect that it's there. And if it's out, they can be told, it'll be back in two weeks. Like that has stuck with me In how we're planning as we're scaling up Um, like what do we want to be putting into cans and then how do we get folks excited about that then they come to the tap room and they see. Oh my god, they have a kettle sour and they have a English mild and they like that's where you get them into the space to come try a bunch of unique beers, but when you're heading out and you're going to the park, you can always expect like. They're always going to have the lager. They're always going to have their IPA. I know what to get I, every time I drink, and I know what it's going to taste like. Like that's a big deal for small craft breweries. Um, it's expected from folks who are bigger, and like NOTA's built into that space for me, right? Like I see it and I know it because you're bigger in the canning industry because you've smartly planned out how you're doing it. So I'm looking at that as like a guiding light of. There's two ways that this can be done. And Colorado has a lot of breweries that are doing one-off really fun things. We're just not at that capacity. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that and be like, so maybe we're not canning that crazy wild beer and it was only on tap. And if you got to experience it, you got to experience it. And that's really lucky for you. Um, and that's okay. That was a huge, huge deal for me.
3: I- Allison, sorry Katie. I think one thing that is a compliment to everyone in this group that I have been reminded of is we have established missions at our companies and that's very clear and it's good to be reminded that a solid core mission statement and core company values and keeping that present really translates into the success of your business and you can share those successes when you really devote yourself to your messaging and to your people and to the mission statement of your business. And that is something that every single one on this call has. And that really, really helps me as we build on legacies of really big companies. Scott has 25. Peach Street has 16, 17 years. That's a big legacy to carry on and carry through. And changing that would take away so, so, so much and so it's really, really inspirational to me and good to be reminded of the core mission. Even, you know, what Mo did in the remodeling of Elvato, where he stayed, they stuck with the spirit of the Route 66, you know, and so that and Lady Justice, you scream messaging and people and culture and all of the things. And Noda just is Noda. You're an institution. So it's in yeah it's (laughs) needs no explanation and so for me that's one of the coolest things to be reminded of that is important to carry on to my people
0: and katie to kind of piggyback off that everyone in this you know group we have such unique stories we run such different businesses but you know whether you're lady justice who's been in business you know barely over a year and run a small taproom that holds 45 guests right now or you're more like the other three of you who run larger corporate, I'm not going to call you a corporation, but l- larger businesses that have been around for quite some time and have more processes you know, in tune with where you run things, we can learn so much from each other still. And I, I would encourage... You know, anyone who doesn't currently have a group of people they can talk to in the industry, it doesn't have to be someone with the same size taproom as you in another state. Find someone you get along with. You will find things you can talk about. Some of those things will be personal. Some of the, some of those things will be strategies that you can take from Jamar's brewery who's been candy and has these strategies they've been doing forever, to Allison's Brewery out in Colorado that become really valuable. I mean, there doesn't need to be those trends across the people you connect with. Just find someone you like and make yourself have these weekly conversations. One of my favorite things, I'll give you two favorite things about these conversations we have, and neither of them actually have to do. I love how all you guys are like ready, like tell me now, Mo and Katie. But the thing about these conversations that I love, it just doesn't have to be on a Tuesday evening. I know I always get really excited when I see an email thread from one of you outside of our usual conversation times, whether it's Mo sharing an article or Jamar sharing a book or Katie sharing a podcast or Allison saying, oh my gosh, what do I do? about this situation because i know i am invested in their lives and i care i'm going to drop every other email that i have and literally just wait by that email chain and no one responds i'm probably going to get a little sad about it because i want to know what's going on and you know allison for example i've gotten close with your wife betsy as well and betsy was on a panel recently about you know the role of people who were in the music industry who are now in the craft beer industry So during that conversation, I think she mentioned that one of you had met a band at CBC a few years, not CBC, the Great American Beer Fest a few years ago that you had really looked up to perhaps in your teenage years. Then a few weeks later, I received an email in my inbox, not knowing what in the world it would be because it was completely unsolicited. It was a picture of Allison and one of the brothers from Hanson, which absolutely made my morning. So for me. It's the little things like that that I absolutely love about you guys. I mean, I don't run a tasting room. I don't oversee like a hotel, restaurant, bar, pizza place. Mo, is there anything else I'm missing right now? But for me, it's just a general conversation and friendship that I've really appreciated. And I truly can't wait to have that first beer in person because I think when we're finally all in the same room, that's gonna be a long night. And I think it's gonna be a really long night. It's It's
2: gonna be be wild. (laughs)
0: No, I think we're going to shut down Lady J Brewing, you know, in September. I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah.
2: We're all going to listen to Hanson. Literally, how dare you out me as a fan of Hanson in my childhood years. I'm offended, but whatever.
0: <laughs> I mean, they make good pop music. I you listen know, to a lot of new kids here. on the block. It's okay. Yes,
3: new kids.
0: But that's truly my favorite part of these conversations. You never know where they're they're going to go. You know, whether we're just sharing successes, we're talking about personal challenges, struggles, e- even failures. I mean, this year has been a weird year with COVID. Another one of my favorite things, I mean, we barely touched on it today, but Jamar got married like a month ago. And that was amazing. We were so excited for him. So, you know, for the four of you, yeah, Jamar, Mike's yours. Yeah, no,
1: I can't believe the amount of support I got from this group, you know, uh, you know, the congratulations, the recommendations, uh, and advice, and, uh, you know, certainly the the perks of getting married, uh, receiving gifts, uh, never hurts. And, you know, I certainly, uh, never expect it from anyone, but, you know, for, this particular group to take the time to to share the love throughout just really meant uh, so much. And, you know, for that reason, and maybe only that reason, uh, does my wife really allow me so much freedom to be able to meet with this group week after week, after week, after week.
4: <laughs> yeah. That should be mentioned that y- y'all are all meeting like after hours. We're here. It's like three o'clock. I'm still, we started this at two, two o'clock my time. I got I'm on the clock over here at work. It's my office.
0: I, I, Mo, I, that did, one.
3: I did mention that, like, Mo, you're finally in like a nice, fancy office and not. Like, excuse you're- me,
2: Mo, like not eating pizza in front of yeah. us, which is always offensive because we can't eat it.
4: Yeah, our our normal meetup on Tuesday happens right after I meet with our, I have a weekly meeting with the GM there every Tuesday. So, and then I just sit down after that meeting and do our meeting. So today you caught me still here.
3: You in that piece
4: do of have that you an office. In. We, do, we do here in the office though. Um, one Friday of the month, I bring pizza for everybody and we have a lunch meeting with the whole office. It's a lot of fun. We
0: usually eat too much and maybe we drink a little too. So, I mean, I really think the moral of this story is for everyone in the craft beer space, find a group of people. Jamar, what are you drinking there? Is is that that a beer? Is that water? You caught my attention. I'm assuming just water. But for anyone in the craft beer space, find a group of people you enjoy hanging out with. I know during the pandemic, and I've probably said this a billion times before, you know, I have gotten closer with so many of you. On this call and so many people and crappy professionals more so than some of my closest friends who live a mile away from me and do i miss seeing people face to face absolutely but this weekly dose of human interaction and friendship has been so valuable to me so I appreciate you and truly encourage anyone to find that person who comments on the same thread as you. Shoot them a private message. Say, hey, do you want to grab a virtual beer sometimes? Randomly find five people whose names you recognize and you've probably only seen their little you know, avatar on the corner of their name in Facebook on Facebook. But reach out to them. The worst thing they're going to do is tell you they don't have time. But try to forge these relationships because it will make you better – not just professionally, but personally. And, you know, it's funny when we were talking about doing our initial talk at this conference in crappy Professionals, I think we quickly pivoted to talking about just the value of what we found in one another. So once again, I appreciate the four of you. Is there anything else anyone would like to throw into this? Well, this is by far- Don't forget to just send a DM,
2: send your DM to Andrew and be like, find me internet friends just force him to do it for you, really pushing for Andrew to have more work. He's obviously not a busy guy. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but
1: realistically, Andrew can connect you with someone for whatever need you have in the industry. Whatever question you have, Andrew knows someone that has that.
3: Or ever wants to reach out to one
2: of us. Oh yeah, send us messages.
1: Oh, yeah. You can probably reach me at Tamar at (laughs) NotarBrewing.com.
0: And when you do find those people you enjoy hanging out with, make yourself have that dedicated time to hang out because you could have one conversation and that's great. But I think it's the true value of getting to know someone on a deeper level and just to know how much Allison likes Hanson. That's the real value of this for me.
2: Again, offended. No one here knew that, Andrew. That was a private email to you, but you do you. Fine. Rude.
0: Well, team, I got nothing else. This has been a fun hour, as always, and I'll see you tomorrow night for our usual Tuesday night meetup. This has been great. I mean, it's only been since October. It's hard to believe, but I look forward to the fall. And thanks for everybody listening. Hopefully, we can. Sounds all sappy, but inspire you to find some other people to network with. Networking should not just be done once or twice a year when you see someone in person. Build the friendships, build the relationships. You will feel amazing and you enjoy every moment of it. So good night, everybody, no matter what coast you're on. See you later. Thanks so much, craft beer professionals.